closer. Welcome back to the Carver Project Podcast, where we host conversations led by members of Vancouver's downtown Eastside community. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Carissa Landicho, the advocacy lead of Employee to Empower Foundation. Each episode features an essential topic, with the intention to shed light on, perhaps, a novel perspective. For the next upcoming episodes for this month, we will have a special segment featuring city council candidates running for Vancouver's upcoming election, happening on October 15th. Today's conversation will feature Team for a Livable Vancouver's Grace Kwan, led by downtown Eastside community leader Deirdre Pinnock. <laughs> but nothing too personal, I hope. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. I'm really happy to talk to you all. Yeah, yeah. I've done that Yeah. And everyone, yeah. sees it. You know, they love it. They love it. I'm Grace Kwan. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I own a company called Hydrogen Motion. It's a, it's a. We're developing a nanomaterial that stores hydrogen under low pressure. So uh, it's a kind of an unusual thing. But um, I'm also running for city council with Team for a Livable Vancouver with the only female mayor candidate, oh, wow. Colleen Hardwick. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, what they say with the song, it's time to put a woman in charge, oh. you know. <laughs> and um, I think we really have uh, a really stunning uh, policy and um, our, our slate is extremely well-talented people. Uh, you should check us out at team.ca and uh, we're going to rock the rule. Rule the world. And I'm Deirdre Pinnock. I'm a fiber artist, and I'm one of the first in, uh, entrepreneurs at Employed to Empower. I've been here for about four years now, and they've uh, supported me and mentored me to the point where I now have several publications, and I've been on TV several times, and it's lifted my mental health by doing yarn bombing, place, placing in inspirational words around Vancouver and chain link fences that have been vacant by gasoline stations and such. And uh, yeah, I'm a woman of color and I've lived in Vancouver for 25 years and I've seen the downtown east side and I live on the east side. And yeah, I'm really committed to being a, 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 a resident that gives back. So that's who I am, Deirdre Pinnock. Before we get started today, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge that we are hosting this conversation on the territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh Nation. Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us today and share what Team for a Livable Vancouver's vision is if elected in October. With that being said, Grace, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about yourself as well as what Team envisions for Vancouver? I myself am a resident of Gastown and um, I have my mother-in-law in Chinatown and my stepdaughter as well and um, so I go across uh, what I fondly call ground zero uh, twice a week and um, and it's tragic uh, it's a real crisis down there and I felt 
compelled to run. Um, I, I I don't need to. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I have a company called Hydrogen Emotion. It's very, uh, we're doing uh, nanomaterial to um, store hydrogen. So it's a very science-based organization, and I'm really like fully occupied with with that. But I feel called to do this because um, I think we need to do something different. And to your question, Calursa, what is team doing that's different than the other parties? Well. Uh, when Riverview uh, was closed about 30 years ago, there was a four-pillar approach, right? Uh, safe, safe supply, and the other three were about um, prevention, uh, treatment, and uh, enforcement. And those three were not I- implemented. So safe supply by itself is actually creating a somewhat of a toxic situation. And so here we are. Uh, years later with uh, a real crisis on our hand, tent city, and it's it's not a compassionate way to treat people. And there's there's just a, a multitude of, of issues. I think there's mental health issues. The drug uh, issue is its whole own uh, special thing. And then, of course, the safety of the people in the tents and the people walking by, the people who are trying to work and live in this area. It's, it's, it's a catastrophe for everyone involved. I, I think we'd have to say that's a fair assessment. And it hasn't gone better. So uh, what we want to do is we want to take a holistic approach, put, a, uh, put these inst- uh, everything under a commissioner. So there's over 232 uh, agencies working in the downtown east side over a million dollars a day is being spent. And so what where are we doing? Why are people still on the street when we have that level of effort going into something? It's obviously what we're doing is not the right thing. If everyone's stirring the pot and we're still not getting anything that we can use, then it's not it's not the right formula. It's not the right recipe. And other jurisdictions internationally have done have successfully treated addiction and homelessness with a, a very high recovery rate. So why don't we we don't need to reinvent the wheel? We can just uh, learn from best practices and implement. And it's all about implementation. I think that's where we're falling down here. It's it's not that we don't have the right thought process. It's about implementation. That's. That's my lead-in, and that's what team can do uh, because we're. Uh, I used to work for the federal government. Yes. I, I was the senior advisor, the CFO of the Treasury Board of uh, Secretariat. Oh. So we helped manage. You handled the money. I handled the money, girl. You know it. Two hundred fifty billion dollars. Oh, my, my my rounding error was a hundred million. So, but what uh, the whole point of that is that um, I know how to run big budgets, and I know how to run bureaucracy. And it, if you say uh, running a business and running a bureaucracy are the same, then you've never managed 300,000 people, mm-hmm. right? What areas do you see as a priority right now? And also I wanted to know, where do these priorities fit in Teams platform? Well, I, I think the priority is, um, one, we need uh, to, first and foremost, the people on the street, the, what's happening right now is a constant day-to-day crisis for them. So to be in a tent in 40-degree heat, it's got to be at least 60 degrees in there. Uh, it's super hot. It's, it's horribly uncomfortable. And then uh, on the opposite, people are kicking you, and it's dangerous. And it's dangerous for them, and it's dangerous for the people walking by. Uh, so many people are getting assaulted. Mm-hmm. Four people a day. Have you, have you ever heard of that? Four people a day. It, it, you ever think that Vancouver would come to that point? Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
Some of it is because of the drugs that being uh, being served right now. Uh, you have to light on fire, so you're seeing a rise in these fires in these SROs, right? So we have to do something tangible right away for that. And you can't just say, well, uh, leave them on the street and, and uh, we'll resolve it one person at a time because mm-hmm. you need a holistic approach and, and have to be able to move them where, somewhere they're safe and somewhere that has provides the, the basic needs, but also to be triaged, to look at the holistic person. Maybe you have mental health, maybe you have deep, deep trauma. That's yeah. a very real thing. Yeah and uh, addiction, homeless, there's a whole layer and we have to figure out uh, person by person what they need, right? Have just mental health, they do, they probably have mental health and drinking or, you know, the drugs as well, right? And so I I understand that. Um, So also, I I just wanted to know because I actually drove down uh, Hastings the other day with three of my girlfriends in the back car and I just knew what they were going to say. And so we were looking out the windows and we were seeing people um, with their personal belongings in garbage containers, which so said sad. personal property. And I was like, so what, what, what are you trying to say? Their, their personal property is garbage? So this is what happens. I want to know, how do, you, how do you feel about the sweep clean? Going down there and cleaning it all up, kind of, which, they, which they do, because at 7 a.m. you have to leave a shelter and you have to carry your gear on your back, and then you have nowhere to carry, and they give you a garbage can yeah. to roll your things up and down the street until you go to the shelter again. Uh, I know a couple months ago they actually gave storage spaces to people, but they were only allowed to go in between two and this hour for two hours, and you know. It's very restrictive. Very, very restrictive. restrictive. And it's it's undignified. Can you imagine you like uh, you everything you own is in a garbage bag? It's, it's, yeah. It makes me want to cry just yeah. talking about it. I have cried many times on this, so I understand that. So yeah, it's very disheartening. Very disheartening, and um. Yeah, I just wanted to know how you felt about well, people having their personal belongings in garbage cans. and. You know, I've seen, I read an article, there's two tons of gar- um, of things taken out of the downtown east side when they're doing the clean, two tons a day. So, you know what that represents? Hopes and dreams. Yeah. That's what it represents. And Cleaning up doesn't mean just sweeping people's lives away. It means let's... Uh, have a dignified life in a place where they're safe and they can find the the necessary resources to live the life, their best life, within a community, within, you know, some of this drug uh, culture or this self, uh, it's like self-administration, it's self-medicating. Um, and um, why is that? It's A lot of it has to do with loneliness, feeling separated yes. from your friends and your family and your community. Mm-hmm. And the opposite of that is community. And that's what these breast practices have shown, that you need to build a community to have hope. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to get out. Thank you. Um, so the next election is in 2026. Um, do you know what the downtown east side might look like if you win? Dang, I Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, too, if you get everything you want. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it's going to look like if you vote for team for Livable Vancouver for the full <laughs> slate. That's what it's going to cost you. What you're going to have are clean streets, are people with places to, um, to socialize, to, to play chess or open parks. And, and um, so sometimes people come to the street because they have no place to hang out. 
And why are you penalized for being poor? Why do uh, one part of the cities you have these beautiful parks and the downtown east side does not? That's not right. I think you need to have space for people who have very little, but they want to hang out and socialize. Because why? It's community. Mm -hmm. That's what we've got to get back to. That's right, Grace. You go, girl. And people need to be validated. You need to see each individual. Absolutely. You know, I think if people had more things to do with their time, and sorry, it's not all about me, (laughs) given this, but I have a point of view as well. And I think if more people had things to do with their time, they wouldn't just be sitting on the side of the street. Give them something to do. Even if it's play chess, Carnegie is packed all day long. People are going because they want a place to congregate. They Absolutely. want a place to eat together, to just sit in a room together and look at art or look at each other. The human experience is a social experience. Yes. Yes. And we need to um, we need to have a sense of community and we need yes. to have a sense of worth. Yeah. So um, worth. to have a job, to do something, it doesn't have to be full time. It can be um, community policing or uh, helping each other mm-hmm. or community garden or, mm-hmm. or whatever you like to do knitting or uh, mm-hmm. you know there's yeah. so many things that contribute back to uh, each other yeah. and you know employee to empower is like that too because employee to empower is about people who don't who can't do nine to five exactly. who don't want to do nine to five just a f- just do my creativity yeah. in the time slot that I want to do it in that's, that's perfect yeah. and that's, this is a, a great uh, segue into exactly what you're doing which is helping people transition uh, to to do what they feel is, they're capable of doing at this time in their life we change every day and uh, some days you know you're feeling like you have a, a so much abundant energy yeah. and some days you just want to lay like a worm on your on the floor yeah. right so you know uh, we have to be uh, flexible and I think the world because of this COVID this is the the silver lining of the cloud is that exactly. we have created flexibility yes. in our workforce and that's that's, that's a good thing, thing. For that's everyone. your understanding of people too yes. I think after COVID we totally right. allowed people be who right. they want to be yeah I agree yeah well thank you so much what we want to hear today was your perspective uh, we know from from your bio that you yourself lived in an SRO in the yes. downtown east yes. side um, I think one of the questions I had was you know how has that experience affected your thinking about the neighborhood and well, how to address kind of what you've been seeing? I, I think it's created some empathy. You know, um, my grandmother was uh, in RSO, and actually, there's a lot of senior citizens, uh, especially in. Uh, uh, the visible minorities, Chinese people who are in the SROs, because who can pay twelve hundred dollars uh, for uh, a one bedroom? Like yeah. realistically, uh, if you're in, on a pension, you're getting what a thousand dollars, eleven hundred dollars, and so if even the SROs are seven hundred and fifty dollars, so it is crazy. And how are you supposed to survive on that? If you're a senior citizen with a fixed income. It's it is ridiculous. My stepdaughter uh, uh, is on the autistic spectrum, so her disability is twelve hundred, and she would be on the street if we didn't financially support her and uh, and emotionally support her and buy her groceries and deliver them because she doesn't have capacity to do that. You understand? Yeah. You have the empathy. You understand? Right. We yeah. we know she can't do it, but then uh, what are we supposed to do? Throw her out in the streets? That see that's, that's we good. we are fortunate because we can support her. Yeah. But for the people who cannot, uh, we need to we need to step it up. 
Yeah, you understand. Yeah. And I've told people, when people are downtown east side, it could be a brain injury that somebody had, yeah. and there's nothing around them to, to support them. Yeah. And then they end up being on the street because they're shunned by society because, you know, you, you can't articulate for yourself. That's right. It could be anybody. Your family's back in Ontario. They're not here because everybody wants to come to Vancouver, yeah. right? And you come out here, but you don't always have the support and you end up on the streets. Well, and and um, we that's why I talk about holistic approach. We need to bring in other levels of government. Like honestly, um, homelessness is a federal mandate, but um, low income housing is a provincial, oh. and so um, also mental health and um, and uh, addiction, all that is um, provincial, oh. and so in fact the municipal <laughs> mandate is very uh, is just police and uh, and fire. So in fact, uh, the uh, municipalities are are burdened with all this, this these people that live on the streets. And come to Vancouver come too. To Vancouver, a lot of yeah. people come because it's California, it's Canada, it's and true. then we'll end up take care of your own. That's but it. well, they came from all over. You got to help us, oh, provincially and uh, uh, federally. Federally, yes. federally, we need your help because that's right. Because only eighteen percent of the homeless are from. BC. No one's here from BC, hardly anybody. Right, it's a very low percentage. That's right. One in five. One <laughs> yeah, in five. That's, very that's low hard. percentage. So, yeah. you know, and we don't want to sound unsympathetic, but we yeah. have to bring in the other levels of government because uh, Vancouver can't go at it alone. This yeah. is too big of a rock yeah. to roll uphill. And a lot of people are coming here. I know that's I came right. from Ontario. Yeah, there's not too many people I know that are born right here in Vancouver. That's right. Yeah, that's so. Right. We need help, and we need a way of, um, of, you know, there's always going to be people who want to come here. There's always going to be people who want to live here. Um, but we have to, um, we can't have them living on the street. That is not the answer. Well, that is, that is what not they down. think when they come out here. Yes. They'll come out here and sleep on the beach for a while. And it will not happen. <laughs> that, that if team, so team's position is that that is not the compassionate way. That is not the way for people to uh, help them live their best life. We have to help them find what uh, what they need, what they're seeking, but not on the streets. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, there's, there's, um, you know, our platform was about uh, there's Arbutus um, uh, SRO going in. Um, yes. Really? Yes. There's, there yes. That's right. That's oh, right. And, That's well, nice. well, that hap that happened, but um, our counselor voted against it. And the reason why is not because she doesn't want uh, poor people in the neighborhood, because actually a lot of rental is, is in that neighborhood. But what, what's happening is you can't put an SRO uh, without the treatment, uh, mental health yes, and, and drug course. addiction. near. It's across the street from school, and it's across the street from a women's shelter. And those women are fleeing. Uh, sometimes the 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 building uh, who are in this SRO. So it is it is a volatile situation. Yeah. So without treatment, that's what I'm going back to. If you don't take a holistic approach, you don't go back to the, if you want to do the four pillars or any way, yeah. you, any kind of program you look at, you, you have to, you need it all. Take a, a right. have a building and put people in there and go, that's okay, there you go. You need to have other agencies around as well. I see that's that. Right. Wow, I've learned a lot today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because everybody has the quick fix. Let's put a yeah. building up. We need more buildings, more buildings. Put a building well, here, a building there. They say, they say housing first. Housing but, first. But, you know, um, of the 400 people on the streets, 200 have houses. 200 have a place to stay. Yeah. 
So it's not housing first. Yeah. It, you, you have to take a holistic approach. Just like saying, um, I'm going to cook a dinner, but I'm just going to cook potatoes first. And then and then dinner time, you, nothing else is ready. Nothing is done. You have to, yeah, you have to have take, the, do it all together. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this food guy says that. Yeah, it's true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat potato chips. Yeah, that's, that's your uh, takeaway. Come yeah, on, you I mean, can't eat potato chips for dinner. That's, that's it. Right. <laughs> you need to have it well-rounded. That's and right. I understand. We need to have many other elements of support and, and uh, resources around when you say you need housing. You know, I keep telling people it's not food. Food is not the issue in Vancouver. No, you don't have to give food. people food. No. And I just think, oh, it's housing. But you know what? I'm realizing now that we need to have support and you need to have refer not referrals, um, resources. Yeah. You need to have people who can help you build yourself up so you yeah. can live in these houses That's and right. not go in these houses and vandalize it and not care for it. You know, a lot of the housing is so my girlfriend lives in one and it's overwhelming to build more. And it's overwhelming. They have housing, but they haven't really have the understanding to um, to appreciate the housing because they got the drugs going on or something else or the trauma going on inside, and they're dealing with that while having housing. And you get frustrated, and, yes. and then they put rules and implement rules around you, and then you get angry at the rules because you don't understand the social aspect that rules are part of living in society. It's a community, and um, it's just like when you do AA. Uh, you always have um, someone you're accountable oh, to, bill, right? Yes, right. Kind of bills, yeah. That's that's how it works. Is accountability, one on one, and one on one support. Because uh, if you ever been addicted, I've been addicted to coffee uh, more than once. I'll say, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's always minute by minute, and one one minute you're fine. 15 minutes later, oh, I am dying, the craving, right? It's horrible. So yeah. you, need, you need that sort of 24-hour uh, helpline, a one-on-one, and that's how you slowly transition out of it, you know, with the mental health. And I have a friend that went to, uh, went to detox, and I said to them, you know, we need 10 people to get this person to detox because one person can't do it. We need to really be there for that person. It, it takes like it. 10 people to get her, get her to detox. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a concerted effort, and that's why you can't just say, "Oh, housing," and they'll be fine. You know, it, you're not squirrels. You can't just throw them in a box and we're good, right? And the phone calls don't work or any of that. You need to be with them, hold their hands, walk that's them it. to the detox. You be there when they get out of detox. They don't go somewhere else, and then you stay at work, take them to their home. Oh gosh, it was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's worth it though. I yeah. think it's, I think it's, uh, I mean, that's why we're having this conversation, right? Yeah. That uh, people uh, in the downtown east side, maybe they're um, exhibiting not their best behaviors, but they're capable more, yeah, as, as we all are. Work. Yeah. And we need to put in the work. Okay. I, I don't mind putting in the work if it helps people. Yeah. So. For, for people listening to this, and if this resonates with you and you think, wow, team has something interesting, there's something different. Um, there's three things that we have. One is we have a great policy. Two is we have great people, competent people who have done very deep uh, things that uh, very few counselors have ever done. Okay. And, and uh, three, we have the determination. So determination is what uh, gets you through. It's like running a marathon. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody does it and thinks, oh, it's, it's fun. Uh, Somehow, there's always a dark point, and you say, oh, I want to give up, I want to give up. Yes. Determination gets you through. And that's, that's uh, how we can achieve what we said we're going to achieve. And what we need from you, the listener, 
is to vote the full slate in because we need a majority to turn the ship around. And there you have it, folks. It was such an absolute pleasure having Grace in here today to share her depth of wisdom stemming from both her experience in the federal government but her personal connection to the downtown Eastside community. To learn more about Team for Livable Vancouver, check out the links in the description below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please take the time to like, follow, and give this episode a share. And last but not least, if you are a Vancouver resident, don't forget to vote on October 15th. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes this month and have a great and absolute wonderful day. The full slate in, because we need a majority to turn the ship around. Okay. All right. Thank you. That was fun. A little long, yeah? Yeah. It's so fun, yeah. I like the way that I felt what you were saying emotionally. Like, you're in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you made me tear up with the beginning. You're in it. So did I. That's why I was like, we had this list, but I crossed up some of them. I was like, you already answered it. So I was like, we're done. Um.